Sunday morning, just after 8 o'clock, and we are back. Louis is out of line. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. That's 98.9 FM and 1340 AM flagship of the Vegas Gold Knights. I'm Brian Feldman, and this is Out of Line. We're here every Sunday live in the Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp studio in Las Vegas. The we includes co-host Caleb Herring. Back, what's up, man? Oh, man, you know, nothing much. Hanging out. Hanging in there? <laughs> living, living 2020 life. It's a dangerous lifestyle. I said we'll talk, know. we'll talk about my Facebook post the other day. I don't know if you guys, I mentioned it to Caleb, but uh, it was a Back to the Future post. You know, it had uh, the professor sitting there with Michael J. Fox, and he says, look, rule number one, do not set that to 2020. Well, you know what's funny? That movie's been on a lot lately on Showtime. They've been showing all three of them. Are they doing that because they're calling Donald Trump Biff, do you think? You know what? I'll tell you what. <laughs> I mean, is that what they're doing? They're, Donald Trump is when, Biff, isn't he? When you watch the second one, it is so apparent. Isn't it crazy? It It, it, it is. And I mean, this movie was made in what, like 1987? Foreshadowing, right? Yeah, like, I mean, it is so much to a T just what a what a spot-on comparison it is. Well, I don't remember Donald Trump getting any of his wife's boob jobs. That might be the only difference. No, he just buys them from Eastern yeah, Europe. So. No, well, the minute they turn 35, <laughs> he's done with them. But, but anyway, <laughs> Caleb is here. Caleb, our last quarterback at UNLV to uh, take them to a bowl game a few years back. He is also the uh, color guy uh, for UNLV football. Whoa, whoa. Did I, did I overstep my Browns? The color guy. The co- oh, my God. Here we go. <laughs> The color commentator. Let me get that straight I had to for do the it. oh I had my to do god it. in heaven. That was perfect. <laughs> I was I was looking at Magnum's shirt when I said it. Okay, nice and colorful shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is extremely colorful. Uh, also here, of course, who I just mentioned, um, producer. And uh, if we ever get back to playing hockey, which Gary Bettman says we will, they just got to figure everything out. Uh, he will once again be the Vegas Golden Knights locker room reporter for Vegas Golden Knights. Radio I wonder Network. about that though, like. First of all, the NHL has kind of mentioned that Vegas may not be playing in Vegas. Which is crazy because I think it makes the perfect venue for accommodating all the teams. Yeah, well, well, they may send Vegas to the other city. Yeah, let the other teams play here. And I know I'm not traveling for two months. I mean, I'm not. it's not like they could come to me and say, hey, we need you to. Because, I mean, if Vegas keeps winning, then it's going to be like a two-month process. If they go all the way to the Stanley Cup final, I'm not getting on an airplane and going to spend two months in a hotel in Dallas or, or Toronto. I mean, I, I just don't foresee that. But if they play here, hopefully media will be allowed at some capacity into the building. But I would think so. You can spread the media out dramatically if you've got no fans especially in the entire yeah, building. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, 18,000 seats, yeah. I'd have my own section. We could sit there. You see what they did in Korean baseball <laughs> behind home plate? They had all these stuffed animals, man. It was really kind of cool. You can have everybody right up on the ice if you, you can. could do that with just media. And I, I want to. I also want to mention the guy sitting in, we'll call it the uh, break room, I guess, the green room, break room, whatever. He can't be in here. We are social distancing. We're wearing masks. We're not on. You can check him out on Facebook, though. He is our in Turn extraordinaire, and we are also calling him our media relations uh, director, and our and and we're also calling him our um, what do you call it? social media director too, man. He's doing everything for yeah. me right now. Yeah, he's, he's doing and, a great and, job. and what's his name? The Wiz. There we go. I love it. We've got Wiz theme music. That is outstanding, man. What a shot! Well, you man, know, the, got me good there. Growing up. Outside New York City, the Wiz was a big electronic store. Oh, I was going to. It was also say a, a big Broadway Michael play. Jackson movie. Yeah, wasn't yeah. a Broadway play, a, a Michael, Jackson Michael Jackson movie. Jackson movie. Yeah. But, but yeah. they used to have commercials. Boomer Esiason, Phil Simms, bunch yeah. of guys on the Knicks would do the commercials, and 
Yeah, WPIX, which was like the uh, independent station in New York before like they came like WB and CW and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, they used to show The Wiz, the, the musical, like twice a year. And I mean, it was, I remember watching that as a kid, like, damn, Michael Jackson was so talented. No, I, I'm, <laughs> oh telling, I'm telling you what, when he did that TV special, the first time we as a world saw him do the moonwalk, it was like mesmerizing. Yeah. It was like, because I mean, you know, so many people tried to copy it, emulate it, but truthfully, if you saw him, he was, got right up on his toes. Yeah, and it was, the moon. There's it was nobody that could do that. Spectacular. It was, it was, he, his body was made of rubber. I mean, it really was. <laughs> he was, he was one of the most electrifying yeah. dancers, I think, in the Magic history. Magic in motion. Tru- was. Truly was. Incredible. Yeah. Listen, the show is also streaming on the LV Sports Network and now on top of Facebook Live, the show can be seen all over the place. Hey, thanks to the Wiz, um, who again. That might steal your thunder, brother. This is the greatest. This is the greatest addition. It, it, it is. It is. It, it really. It might. Where be. did you find that? That yeah. is. That is the best. It is. Well, I, I I remember the commercials from when I was a kid, and you got it. You, <laughs> YouTube is an amazing thing. Like oh, there there's so much. So right? much. Oh, I mean, my crazy. my son wastes so much time watching nonsense on YouTube and it's like me I go back and I'll watch old videos from like yeah. the 80s and 90s I'll find my old school hip hop videos and watch them and yeah because they're know. all there. I don't know yeah. who's 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 the grand, you know, the master of all this. That's that's uploading all yeah, these videos, who, these random who's things. Got Ain't no half stepping by Big Daddy Kane <laughs> uploaded on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that guy's my is, hero. Yeah, you, oh, come my on. Goodness. By now, you know there is absolutely nothing that isn't available. You can find anything. Oh, it's crazy. It, it, it's nuts. In two seconds, you can find any rendition you want of Tiny Tim's tiptoe through the tulips. I mean, come on, man. It's everywhere. Wow. Oh, I don't know about that. You can go ahead. I, Google I, it. No, I, I. You don't want to, no. right? No. <laughs> Bad, bad stuff. That was a, a hey, great listen. series of alliteration, too, by the way. <laughs> um, also, the show, um, once again, it is live, and you can catch... Uh, um, what was what was I saying? Magnum here between. I don't know what the heck's on this thing, but I will say that um, I was talking about. Uh, I think we were going to talk about soccer a little bit. I was going to let you get into that. I don't know if you saw them wearing the bands in Europe, which was really really cool. Yeah. That I think every team and every player had that on, and I thought that was spectacular. Give me one second because I do want you to elaborate on that a little bit, and that's what I'd written down here. Had Magnum talk about that. So, but anyways, um, I do want to let you know you can give us a call. The show is live, so check us out. Uh, the Residential Bank Corp. Fox Sports. Studio line is 702-876-1340. Hi, this is Bubby, and it's time for What's on Tap. What's on tap today is simple, man. Just about everything. We're, we're, we're going to spend a little time talking about uh, all four of the major sports. It looks like three of them are really determined to uh, get things off. The NBA and NHL playoffs, both are supposed to take place. Um, NFL is still slated to start as scheduled, and Major League Baseball, well, they can't agree on anything. I think they were looking at a potential strike next year anyway, so this is uh, just, just pushing this forward, and um, they just weren't under contract, and and so it's really difficult. They will not take prorated. Uh, I think they, they proposed a 114-game schedule. They're like, yeah. no, nah, no, nah, we're not doing it. So um, I got a lot to say on that. I think we all do. So we'll talk about the, the four majors. Obviously, um, uh, one big event in Vegas last night, UFC 250, took place at the UFC Complex off of the 215, up off of jo- Buffalo Jones area in the 215. They did it right there in the complex. And um, uh, we have a GOAT, and I'll, and, and, and I think we, we, we probably could say that now, even though – you know, you know my feelings on the UFC and Dana White and the way the guys, the, the the men and women are paid, but still, 
what this woman, uh, known as the Lioness, is doing is pretty unprecedented, and you got to say she may be the goat at this sport. Uh, I think the greatest female mixed martial artist ever, and we'll talk about that in a little while as well. Plus, Dan Duva is going to be joining the show in the second half, talk a little bit about the Vegas Golden Knights, their plans, kind of what Chris just said, that they're definitely part of the mix of the teams that will be going for playoffs. Matter of fact, they still got to be one of the favorite teams to win the Stanley Cup, but... Uh, they very well might not be doing that in Las Vegas to keep it fair. Uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming that would be the only reason. So we'll talk to Dan about that. And we'll have S&B with C uh, a little bit later on talking about the Raiders. And also, yeah, as I mentioned, we got a hold of uh, Will Kiss, the uh, media relations director for the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, kind of emailed back and forth with him. So hopefully next week we'll get him on the show. It's got to be a hell of a job right now. They're not even, the facility's not fully ready. you got all this going on. And you've got the first ever NFL franchise in Vegas. It's got to be nuts to be him so we'll check that out as well that is what's on tap so let's move moving forward guys just going forward i want to talk to everyone uh, we got the whiz over there so whiz since you're out you're stuck in the break room right well, now wait, I, I don't have them yet oh you don't have yet no. call give the whiz a call i guess he doesn't have the whiz yet so i'll okay. go caleb man it's been uh we, we we came for a little nfl draft show uh late april yeah. but other than that man it has been like almost three months since, since we've been in here what's changing your life brother anything you know what other than the obvious well, uh, the obvious, I mean, my, my wife's more pregnant than she was the last time we were there. So she's getting into the meat of pregnancy, I guess. Um, that's different. Um, so um, on top of that, you know, everything with the world, I think the the world has changed a little bit. I should say a lot of bit. And um, dealing with all of that stress and all of that's a little different for me. I, in, in my precarious predicament, I guess, is where, you know, as a as a as a black man and a law enforcement officer, it, it's. It's a little different for me right now, but outside of that, I can't say, you know, coronavirus, COVID, it's changing every day. So, um, you know, these masks that we have to wear and just the, the way we live our life is, you know, we've all been kind of dehumanized a little bit because of, you know, what's going on. But nothing, nothing major for me has, has, you know, changed. I think my stance on a lot of these issues has already been kind of set. Um, the health and safety of my family is priority and that's still intact. So I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying life the best I can right now. You know, I, I, I do want to say, and I, you know, I said and it's funny because my sister said yesterday. You know, we're talking to her yesterday, and I'm getting ready to plan for the show today. And she's like, you know, Brian, you got a voice. No matter how big or small it is, you got a voice, and you have to use it. And and uh, you know, because I don't, I, I I try to stay on that fine line just so you don't get grief from people. But I love what you've been posting, man. And I I, I love the, the thought process. I love what Chris does at everyone. He Chris Chapman is probably one of the most active people yeah. on social media. Yeah. Expressing his opinion and stepping out on that that plank, and it takes a lot to do that. You know, it, it really is. It is stepping forward, and it's not like where you see Roger Goodell doing what's politically correct, and yeah. and and so many people are on the fence. It's like Roger. You know, if it would have been a much shorter statement, I would have believed it more. It was heartfelt, but the fact that he just went <laughs> on and on, it's like, dude, come on. We all know every commissioner is going to be making hey, one of these he, statements, he, and yours seemed to me. The, the most ungenuine. He didn't put which, a suit on for it no, either. It, I, no, I was, you know, he put a suit on for the not draft. Not even in the best room of his on, house. You yeah, know, where's, the, where's, the, where's the good chair at yeah. that you talk so much yeah. about? Like, get in that chair. Show us no. the dream room or something <laughs> like that. But Like, like Marvin Menzies' room. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Marvin oh. Menzies didn't hold anything back, did <laughs> yeah. he, for God's sake? I mean, but, the room where he had the pool table, that poster that was on the wall, basically he had a basketball card or autographs from, like, 
probably 90% of guys in the well, NBA because, in, in the basketball. I got to tell fame. you, because of that day, you know, I have Marvin Menzies' personal cell. You know, I've, t- I've talked to him a few times, not since since he's been gone, but when, when he was coach here. Yeah. I had texted him a few times about things, and um, now I changed his name in my phone. In my phone, It's been changed ever since that lunch we had. His name is Asabuco. <laughs> yes. Because I, I got to say, I love Asabuco, and he made the best I've ever had. We've yeah. all talked about it. He swore he'd never make it again because we don't shut up about it in the media. The but, Gator. The Gator was good. The, uh, the, the whole thing, it was just a tremendous, a real yeah. Southern-style barbecue that uh, we really enjoyed, and it was supposed to be off the record, and every one of us talked about it the following week. Yeah. Like, dude, we're not not going to talk about yeah, the fact you no wind such, and dine the media. No such thing as off the record. Yeah, and yeah. then I get yelled at for asking how many games it was going to take him to stay retain his coaching job, and that's not even the way I asked him. <laughs> I just said, what does Desiree read Francois expect of you, basically? And he's like, are you asking me how many games it's going to Well. I guess if you want to put it that way, but 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 you know, I mean, again, I just want to say out there that you know, um, that, you know, and again, it's it's a small voice and it's a little thing, but right now, you know, to say standing together and standing up for what 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 is right, you have to do it. You've got to do it in your workplace. You got to do it in your home. You've got to do it in your neighborhood. Uh, you you you've got to stand up for injustice, and and there is just so much of it in this country right now. I mean, it's making me sick to my stomach. It has. It's 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 brought tears to my eyes. Some of the things that I've seen and done, and and uh, I I just I, I I'd like us as a country. You know, I think we all feel that way, man. Let's really face the facts that changes have to be made. Quit trying to justify the crap that's been done already. You can't justify it. There is no justification for this. I don't care what you say or what you... Don't look at a person's past and justify what just happened to him. Are you freaking kidding well, me? Well, that's, that's... And that's what's just driving me crazy. I, I'm getting calls from friends trying to justify this, and I'm like, dude, you're going to cost us our friendship. Yeah. you got to take this stuff away from me right now. You know my heart and the person I am. Don't try to bring me some social injustice and talk to me about a man's past to justify what just happened. It's ridiculous, and I don't want to hear it from anybody. I just don't, man. Well, uh, and I look at it this way. You mentioned me being very active socially on social media. I look at it this way. If you get upset about me speaking up about this, then it's probably better off that we're not friends anyway because you you are not going to change my mind on this. Like, you know, to me... The worst type of stuff I see is when I see white people posting videos of certain black people who are minimizing what's going on as if, well, see, this person speaking for black people. Why can't other black people feel the same way this person does? And I think Caleb probably knows who I'm <laughs> yeah, talking about. I, I won't, exactly I won't, I won't mention names, uh, but to me, uh, it's like, it's like, first of all, as a white person to even attempt to justify or, or even attempt to speak for black people, you're, you're an idiot. You can't, I mean, dude, it just, it, it's ridiculous. And I want to, Wiz, we're going to talk about you and your, your thing. And, and, and I'll leave it at this. The deal is, here's the deal. You know what? Like somebody or dislike them for the person. Like, I don't like Caleb Herring, but it has nothing to do with the color of his skin. <laughs> I mean, you know. This is, this is a deep-seated I, hate, it, people. It's much more it complex I mean, he, than that. He, he steals my thunder. He doesn't like Bobby Houck. I mean, what do you want well, what, from this what, guy? What he's not telling you is he used to bet. Against UNLV football, the year you, you, you took him to the bowl game, <laughs> and because he was betting against him, 
he lost a lot of money because you guys kept <laughs> you winning kept games. Winning, so. man. You don't bet against yourself. But no, in all seriousness, you know what? I mean, look around you. That's that's it. You know, I, I like when they say, you're, like, like when you go to a church or you go to a religious gathering, they say, look to the person next to you, and and yeah. you know, so, you make, know what? That, that should be life in general. I think this right is now. this is the thing. We've we've been all duped, all of us, white people, black people, who anybody in between that spectrum, I guess, has all been duped, and it's it was a systematic duping of everyone. Um, to build this kind of race-based uh, hatred and system of injustice to keep somebody down. And it just happened in this country to be the black people. Um, I think white people who have the best of hearts and the best intentions have to realize that they are a part of the manipulation. And I think that's the biggest hurdle that we have to come just over. It's look hard, in the it's damn hard, mirror. It's hard, to, it's hard to understand your privilege if you don't understand the history of why it exists. 100%. And I, I think that is the great... Uh, the great mystery and the great lie, the great hoax of the American system of justice and equality. Because um, if people knew and understood with a sincere and open-hearted understanding of the history of this country, their role and where they now sit um, because of the color of their skin, simply that, it's simply the color of your skin that dictated this. If you understood the privileges of history that your people have, have benefited from, you would then understand your position and understand how meaningful it is to reach out and help the people that don't look like you. And I think that's, that's the best way to put it. You have to understand it. And, and I've promoted education, and I've, that's all I've done on social. I've advocated. I've spoken to ignorance. 100%. I've, Tell people to read books. Read, read books, a book about read it. Read a book about it. Understand it. Don't just you know rely on what those people in the media that Chris was talking about earlier. Don't just rely on what they tell you. Read the books. Read the history. It's there. They, they put it there in. Not, so the, not the school textbooks, because the school textbooks are a part of this they're lie. Jaded. They're jaded. They're part of it. The, the history is told through they're the eyes jaded. of the winners, and that's, that's part of it. So get outside of the school system. Read some books about the actual economic hardships, the, the redlining, um, things like that that actually matter to our current situation. And you'll understand. And from that perspective, it'll be way a lot easier to weed good from bad. I think right Here's, now we, we live in a bubble of confusion where we can't tell who's really on our side. True. We can't tell who really has the best intentions because everybody's speaking from a point of opinion that's not based in fact. So get into the history. People are like the coronavirus. Half of them walk around asymptomatic. Yeah, you don't know what they exactly. think. Exactly. And I, I feel like if you knew, if you knew the history, if you knew what was going on, there's no way you could deny that the privilege exists. Even if today, um, I've, I've recently had to come to grips with this, not come to grips with it, but just think about it in terms of the white Americans who live in this country who don't immediately see the privilege. Like oh there's God. there's people in America that oh are white who are also uh, impoverished Un and who, who, who are uneducated. And they can't see it because they don't immediately – when you say white privilege to them, it's like where? Where's the privilege? Right. And you don't understand it because you don't understand the historical context of it. You're probably a part of the sacrifice. You're, you're you know, cash, uh, collateral damage to the system because somebody has to be at the bottom. And you just happen to be that somebody. No so doubt. just well, understanding it, you, you you come to grips and you can actually be a good person based on the facts, not just because you feel like you are. You know what what you what you mentioned too about privilege. I think people automatically equate privilege with being rich and wealthy. Mm -hmm. And those certain people that you're talking about, you know, people who white people who who are probably living in poverty as well on food stamps. Yeah. They don't understand the difference between privilege as in being born with a silver spoon or privilege as in not being targeted or profiled based on the color of your skin real quick i just want to say in this country i feel like a biggest part the biggest problem we have had is 
whether it was the end of the Civil War, Emancipation Proclamation, or the Civil Rights Movement, we have never sat down as a country and addressed the issue. Signing a law is nice and saying, hey, black people, you're free now, or hey, there's equality, you can eat in the same restaurants, drink from the same water fountain, ride the ride in anywhere on the bus you well, want. Well, Ulysses S. But, Grant p- tried to put in that reconstruction. Uh, which just country. made things worse. It did. It, 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 you, you, but, but the intention was really good at the but time, I but feel it, did, like it didn't work. It didn't if, work at all. If we look at what, what transpired in South Africa when they ended apartheid, they had a serious discussion about how do we fix this so it doesn't become a generational systematic issue of inequality race? They've had multiple black presidents since apartheid ended. I mean, it was so bad. A lot of people don't even know this. South Africa, it was so bad that they were banned from international sporting events. They did not compete in an Olympics for like 40 yeah. years because the IOC banned them based on apartheid. I and mean, it, 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 it's they had that serious discussion. All right. How do we fix this? Yeah, laws are nice, but we need to get to the root of the problem. And once we do that, we can move forward as a country. We haven't done that ever. No, I agree. And, uh, you know, what I want to say is the one thing, as as a white Jewish American, I still can, there is impossible for me to empathize with a black man. It's it's impossible. I can sympathize, and the only way I can sympathize is by educating myself. To say I can empathize, look at the definition. It's an impossibility. You have to be able to feel it and be it. I can never do that. I can never do that. And a friend of mine said, you know, I I, I used to argue with one of my best and dearest friends who who is a black man in this country and him and I matter of fact he's a doctor now but we were in college years ago together and I argued I'm like look man I'm a Jewish guy I've experienced unbelievable prejudice and I have when I was very young in junior high we moved to an area where there were no Jewish people and all of a sudden I'm being called kike and these other things that are going on and it was tough because I'm like did I grow horns overnight (laughs) but you know what my friend said to me when I tried to tell him that story he goes dude you can hide what you are you're white you can walk into a store and say your name's Brian Smith. They're not going to know the damn difference. You can't hide when you're me. You can't get out of my skin. He goes, walk into your neighborhood store with me, dude, where you live, where my father's a doctor in West Bloomfield, Michigan. Walk into a store with me and watch the people looking at me like I'm going to steal something. And I saw it, and I felt it, and it was gross, man. It's gross. One of, one and of that's my, the truth. One of my really good friends, he actually was my brother's best friend, and unfortunately, my brother my brother passed away many years ago. But I've stayed in touch with with this with this guy, and he lives in Southern California. He works in in Hollywood. I won't say much more. It's a black guy in Southern California, married to a white woman, and the stuff he tells me, he's like, "Yeah, I've gotten pulled over because I quote fit a description. I've been followed in stores because I'm black." Yep. I go out to dinner with my wife, and I have people giving me dirty looks. And this is in Southern, liberal, progressive Southern California. Yeah. And, you know, the biggest thing I feel like I can do as a white man, when black people tell me their problems, I can listen. And I can say, you know what? I can't understand what it's like, but I hear you, and I feel you, and I need to work harder to make it so this is not an accepted practice anymore. Like, it it, it it hurts me when he tells me I got pulled over because I I, I fit a description. He's like, 
What description was that? Black man driving a car in a white neighborhood? <laughs> yeah, uh, essentially. It, it is so repulsive. Wiz, I don't know if Wiz is still there. Before we go to break, and we are long overdue for that first break, so we'll take one a minute. I just want to ask him how he's doing on quarantine and let you know, uh, you know, we got the best damn intern around. What he's done for us on video, everything else during this quarantine, he's taking it. <laughs> that is always going to put a smile on our face, man. Wiz, you there? I am there. I All right. Hear me. Well, you, you like your new theme song? I didn't know I was. Ha- I didn't know I had one, so Nobody I'm very excited. Actually, I love Nobody it. <laughs> That's it. You, 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 it's going to make you famous. I, I want to hear that still being attached to you in 25 years from now. I don't want that going I anywhere. So. I'm going to have them play that at my funeral for God's sakes. Make everyone happy. <laughs> What's going on, brother? How are you? And uh, tell tell everyone what you've been doing during quarantine up there in Pahrump. Yeah, so basically I've been focusing on this platform mostly, uh, just to give a shout-out to ourselves. Uh, so we are on Facebook. at Adela- or It's out of line, basically. If you look us up, out of line, let's say, so see us. Twitter and Instagram is at out of line, Fox LB. You'll find us there. And then uh, personally, you can find us, obviously, at Spencer Lewis. But you see that kind of stuff on the broadcast, so... Because as of right now, we're live on Twitter and Facebook at the same time. And then, obviously, uh, everything will be fixed on the YouTube page where you can find interviews and all that kind of good stuff. So, And it's been gaining a lot of traction, so I think everyone's liking it. So if you're new to it, I would definitely recommend checking out. There's some amazing interviews on YouTube. How, how are you and your family, though, man? How's your mom and dad? I know that they're getting ready to embark on a new career. This whole thing changed their career path. So big changes going on in the Ostrovsky family. How do you like that? <laughs> Yeah, no, without a doubt. My parents are excited. They're going to be working together finally. Um, I'm, I'm really proud of them. I think they're doing a lot, a lot of great things. And uh, even myself, I'm doing a lot of different career paths, and I have you to thank for that, first of all. Uh, so I wouldn't be basically anywhere without you right now. But, uh, yeah, no, things are good. I, you know, I have family, so I have more than a lot of people can say, unfortunately. But I'm very fortunate enough that I have my family to uh, help me out during these times. No, pretty cool. And, you know, real quickly, Spencer, and before we go to break, I'll just say, so Friday night I do a show on another station. It's a mortgage real estate show, and Spencer's been helping me out with, with that a little bit. And check this out. This is just kind of what, what's bothersome with the world right now to a degree. And real quickly, Spencer, you'll remember this. We get done eating at, uh, we went to the Tap House over off of Charleston, and I'll give them a plug because the best damn chicken wings on the face of the earth. If you haven't been there and had their double-baked Cajun wings, you've got to get them. I'm just going to bring them in one time so we can all, you guys can try them because they're that good. But here's the deal. We go to the parking lot. We're talking about the show and going forward. And as we're sitting there, a couple of people come out of the restaurant. It was a Hispanic guy, an African, an African-American guy and a, and a woman. And me and Spencer are just talking. And it's like you could feel that they wanted to start something with me. And I said to Spencer, I go, oh, my God, do you see it? It's like there's the guy staring me down. I'm like trying to look away from him. Not, and the point is, it's just it was a tension that was completely unnecessary. And remember, Spencer, I'm trying to look away and pretend. I'm like, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to fight here in the parking lot. And I didn't do anything. We're standing here talking. Maybe he thought I was looking at his girlfriend or something. I have no idea. But um, my point is, is these kind of things have to stop. Did you, Was that crazy or what? We had a weird night at Top House in general. I, don't, there was some, I think we had some, a weird energy around us. Maybe. It was, it, it, it was it, like, it you was, could taste it in the air. But sitting out in the parking lot and just having somebody stare you down like, let's fight, and, and, and I didn't have, there was no reasoning behind it, and it's a decent establishment. But, but listen, my friend, appreciate everything you do. I wanted to definitely give you props for, for all this stuff. And one more time before we go, Mags, i got to hear it one more time, please. Nobody beats the wind. Nobody beats the wind. <laughs> it just tickles my fancy. He he is. Uh, go ahead. You can say it. he is. 
the Wiz. There he goes. We appreciate you, Spencer. Uh, we'll let you go. We're going to go on break. We're going to come back on the other side, talk a little bit about the different professional franchises, and then, of course, we'll get to Dan Duva as well. Out of line, Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM again. Flagship of the Vegas Golden Knights. Fact this. If you don't like the facts, take your ass back to bed. Fact this. Yeah, it's a fact. Amanda Nunes is the GOAT. There are no holes in her game, and she's the most well-rounded female mixed martial artist in the history of the sport. Last night in the main event at UFC 250, she gets UFC record career win number 14 by completely destroying number one contender by Felicia Spencer. I had to say that. (laughs) But, I mean, you know, this poses one heck of a challenge for Dana White as the UFC is literally out of people to fight her. The up-and-comers, they're not close. I mean, they said Spencer was the closest one that could maybe give her a battle. And I think Nunes could have knocked her out in the second round. And it's like she played with her. It's like she enjoys showing everyone I have the stamina to go five rounds and they, keep kicking the crap out of her. Because, Chris, it was one of the most dominating performances over Friday. She beat, maybe because Spencer's not a bad-looking woman and she wanted to beat the pretty out of her because she just beat the crap out of her, didn't she? I, I, I don't know about that, but, <laughs> I mean, yeah, she... She's unstoppable, and I know she's going to take the rest of the year off, which is which is fine. She's she's about to become a mother, so that's awesome. But uh, what what I will say is, the UFC needs to start getting creative. I mean, remember when we were kids? We used to watch the old school wrestling. They used to have the old school handicap match, the two on one. Sure. Or like, what if they did like tag team? Well, that's like, yeah. That's what he's saying. It's a great idea. The problem is yeah. the problem is you do a tag team. She's only in there with one girl at a time. If yeah. you do a handicap, she's fighting two <laughs> girls at a time because Amanda Nunes is. So we're just gonna essentially well, watch somebody at, get jumped. I mean, in I, mean I mean, let's, let's, she'd probably still win. <laughs> in, all, in all seriousness, you know, it, it is a big thing. You know, Dana White comparing her to Tom Brady is a little bit crazy. No, he needs to compare I, her to Amanda Nunes. Correct. She, she is a mark of her own. When you look at it, Nunes has beaten every big name in the UFC over the last decade. Ronda Rousey, she Chris Cyborg, How, Holly Holm, and Misha Tate. And if you look at it, yeah, she didn't only beat them. She, she destroyed them. Yeah. She, the, it, the fight against Misha Tate, and I like Misha a lot. Me too. The, the fight that she had against Misha Tate, it, it was hard to watch. because yeah, I, so I don't I know mean, if she this humbled is, Misha. I don't know if this has ever been entertained, but like the idea of her fighting against men. Like I would I, say no on I that would, one. I, I would absolutely say no, but it, it, if you're talking about how dominant she's been, is, is gender going to be the only thing that holds her back? I mean, she if she's there's no other woman that can challenge her at this point. So it's like, what is it? it when does it become boring to watch her destroy? Pound everyone? for pound, listen. Pound for fa- pound in the game, she's number one. She's the first two division champ in UFC women's history. Uh, both feather, featherweight and the bantamweight is the one she won. No, fe- was it featherweight last night or bantamweight? I think it was featherweight. I, she, but she has she holds yeah. both titles. She's the first one ever to do that. Spencer was a four seventy five underdog. Did you hear about the guy that bet a million dollars on the fight, Chris? Why would he do that? Bet, uh, he won one hundred and six. $66,000 betting a million. And I'm going to say that might be the best sports bet of the year, putting money straight up on a man. I would do it. If you got a million, there's no way Spencer was going to beat her. I mean, you know, unless you can somehow get it, can split the money and you find a way to bet there's against yourself. There's always a chance. Like, You're right. And, and especially in like fighting. Well, you like, saw Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson and Buster yeah, Douglas. All it takes is I mean, one. It takes one shot. And like, yeah. and you're a million dollars out. That's she's, so scary. She's too focused. It's like, yeah. you know, you could see with Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey had about eight 
eight fights where she was just the beast. Yeah. And Amanda Nunes is just well she's on not, the ground. Yeah. She was the beast. Oh, yeah, I mean, right. Ronda Rousey couldn't stand up. And you're right. Fight for it. Where, to where save Nunes her life. can do it all. Yeah, Nunes got it all. She is. Yeah. She is the most well-rounded fighter, and um, you know, it's just it's just incredible. And and I think that uh, you're going to see her go on. I mean, she is without question the more most feared striker yeah. in MMA history. Okay, yeah, we are way late. Let's get to break. We're going to come back on the other side again, and we're going to have um, uh, Dan Duva of the voice of the Vegas Golden Knights join us. Hockey players, as you know, are warriors. They don't give up. They come to play every game. It's time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas Golden Knights. From highlights to interviews to special events, the puck starts here. And it's time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas Golden Knights who, like the rest of the NHL and the rest of the sporting world, has not seen the ice or the playing surface in a long time. Joining us for Nightcap today, the voice of the Vegas Golden Knights, Dan Duva, uh, again on Fox Sports Radio. You can hear him on the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM, right here. Uh, When and if they get back to playing. How are you doing, my friend? I'm up, Brian, and you? I'm doing great. Uh, Quarantine, uh, family safe, healthy, everything good? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Appreciate it. Enough family's doing well. And uh, just uh, perfecting my uh, my efforts at baking chocolate chip banana bread. <laughs> That's outstanding. I, I can't tell you how many things have gotten cleaned and taken care of over the past three and a half months in my house as well. Uh, Dan, going forward, you know, we're talking about the major professional sports franchises getting relit here in the United States, so to speak. And hockey, obviously, Gary Bettman, very determined to make this happen. It's just ironing out all the details. And to me, the biggest details, obviously, hockey is an in-your-face contact sport and I've said all along the biggest thing to me and I, I, I really want you to run with this you know overall as far as where they're going you know when they're going to play and if they're going to play but I say it's the testing to do the, to do this you're going to have to test players every single day and I know there's now this throat test that maybe is a little more efficient but it takes three days to get the results I said if you've ever if anyone who's been out there that has had this test done the swab test it is as uncomfortable as it gets and there is no way a player is going to have this done to them every single day they're not going to do it. And unless they find a way to give them some kind of skin litmus test where they can you know, find out within an hour if, they're, if they're, they're negative, how do you do this, Dan? How does it work? Well, I don't know exactly what kind of test the NHL has in mind uh, among the, the types that you spoke of. But I will say this. The NHL has said it will test players every day. So whether that means finding a test that is more comfortable or forcing the players through something that is uncomfortable, I I could not say, and I'm not sure the NHL knows exactly that either. And that's one of the concerns in terms of the the potential return. You wouldn't want the NHL to resume play in a location, in a hub city, where medical resources would be um, depleted or at risk of being depleted. Um, That's why they are proceeding with as many potential hub cities as they are, uh, rather than uh, right now locking into two. Um, they're, they're proceeding with all of the cities so that they can uh, kind of gauge sort of towards the end of this month where they really want to, uh, you know, proceed. So uh, that, that is, uh, your point is, is right on, I think, in terms of the testing. Um, it, it, to me, is not only the testing once Pocky resumes, I think it, it really is the, you know, as time goes on, as the numbers have indicated, you know, the disease becomes less and less prevalent, which is great. I think at the beginning of all this, when the players are returning 
from not just all over the United States or North America. We're talking from around the world. I mean, right now you still can't get into Canada uh, unless you're a citizen. So there are a number of, of logistical hurdles in getting people to where they need to be. And then once they get there, establishing very quickly if anybody uh, tests positive and that, that sort of thing. Because we know the players tested positive when the NHL was still happening in, in March. Um, you would hope that that has been uh, put behind us. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's testing, but also then figuring out, you know, antibody tests. It's possible that people have had this and didn't realize it. Uh, the health aspect of this is number one. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, and that's that's what I've said. I, you know, you, you have to test every day. And again, the NHL players, the toughest, in my opinion, toughest of all four of the major sports, and also the least amount of prima donnas in the National Hockey League, I think, of, of the four majors. And I think if anyone would take the swab test every day, it's NHL players, man. But I, I still think these a lot of these guys are millionaires. They're not going to let you stick a, stick the, a seven-inch Q-tip all the way up their nose every single day. I just I said in every sport, football players, there's no way they're going to let that happen. So <laughs> they got to figure out a way to do this. And it's the one thing no one really talks about. My father, I, and I'll be quick about this, and I want to say this on the show because, um, you know, last time when we were on, my dad didn't have it yet, but my father had COVID-19, and he's a, a practicing physician in Michigan, although he's being forced into retirement now at 82, but he recovered. He, re- he, w- he got through the whole thing, and he said he's had three back operations, and he had the test three times, the swap test. He said, if you ask him, he doesn't know which one was less comfortable, the back surgery or the swab test. And he goes, I'm never mm. getting that thing again. So that's a, a guy that, a regular guy that had it three times. So that that was where my thought came in. Like, they're going to have to find some other way to test these players every if it's got to be done, which it does every single day. Dan, the biggest confusion to me is the playoff system. I'm looking at the NBA, the, the perspective NBA playoff system and the perspective NHL system. And it's cool what they're trying to do and accomplish, but I'm really confused and I'm believing if I'm confused, a lot of people are probably confused about what this playoff system is going to look like. Yeah, well, there are, rather than the normal 16 clubs that make the Stanley Cup playoffs, it'll be 24. So, if you do the quick math, that's eight additional teams, and 24 out of 31 means the vast majority of the teams are making this postseason tournament. Alright, so why are they doing it? There were a number of teams that were uh, on the bubble that uh, had the rest of the regular season games been played, roughly 10 or so. Uh, there were teams that might have made it. And if you were to just cut it off at the point that they did, uh, some clubs um, had more points, but a lower points percentage, or a higher points percentage, but fewer points, and so on and so on. Uh, for instance, the Golden Knights, if, if they were to, uh, they could have played a couple of different teams depending upon how the NHL decided to go with the standings. So rather than resume the NHL regular season, which made no sense, you got the Red Wings, the Devils, and you know teams that were just not going to make it. Um, even with an expanded playoff picture, um, they were not going to make it. So um, this this made sense in order to uh, get you know try to be equitable to the teams that had a shot of making the playoffs, while also adding the intrigue. And there is a gimmicky aspect of this. I don't deny it. Um, you get more original six teams involved, uh, more markets involved, and frankly, more eyeballs involved. And I think in uh, in a unprecedented type of situation there's uh you, you try for an unprecedented kind of solution where you include more teams more cities more fans and because of the nature of the sport being off for so long and sports in general being off for so long i think you're gonna have a lot of people watch this even if it's a more casual sports fan or a more casual hockey fan 
in terms of how they're going to do it, normally we see four rounds, best of seven series. In other words, you need to win 16 games to capture a Stanley Cup. They're adding an additional qualifying round at the start to get from 12 teams down to the normal complement uh, of eight in each conference. And uh, the top four out of those eight are in automatically. There's the mini round robin, but it's for seeding purposes only. So you've got the top four teams, including the Golden Knights, plus the Dallas Stars, plus the Colorado Avalanche, plus the St. Louis Blues. They will play a mini round robin, um, and the only benefit there is you could become the, the number one seed, number two seed, or you can be into the number three seed or the number four seed, strictly for seeding. The remaining eight teams play a best-of-five qualifying round, uh, head-to-head, and uh, that leaves you with four winners, and those four winners in the qualifying rounds get matched up with the four teams that played in the mini-round robin. That gets you to the normal number of eight, and they will reseed, which is not something they've done recently, but they will reseed uh, going into the regular playoffs. So, uh, you know, that, that gets us back to a, when the, they finish the qualifying round and they go into the quote-unquote first round, it'll be relatively normal. Uh, they did say recently that it's going to be seven-game series. There was a question about that for the opening two rounds, but it will be seven games. Um, and the qualifying round, in terms of statistics, they have not said that those will necessarily be playoff games. In other words, it's still going to be 16 wins to get a Stanley Cup. These qualifying games are not necessarily, from a statistical standpoint, part of the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's really cool, and I'm going to have to save that because we'll replay it. That, that's the best I've understood it. I get it now. And ultimately, you will, have, you will have the eight teams in each conference. And again, even though they're not playoff games, they're so, there is so much in, more impactful than a typical regular season game because right. there's so few games being played, and it's really a short, quick opportunity to jump into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, really cool yeah. and it's, you know, it's, it's for statistical you know, qualification. They're not technically regular season games. They're not technically playoff games, but for all intents and purposes, they have the importance of a playoff game. Now, the Golden Knights, again, they they can't get knocked out in this mini-round robin, but the importance is still there because you want to have the rust shaken off. You want to get back into game shape. This isn't like a normal training camp where you're just going into the games of early October. Um, You're going straight into the Stanley Cup playoffs. You've got to get to a very high level very quickly. And the teams that are best at shaking off the rust and getting into their regular type of game mode are going to have great success. And not only that, you think about the importance of home ice advantage. I don't think that we're really, you know, we don't, obviously there won't be fans in the arenas, um, you know, the higher seed playing the lower seed. I'm not sure that there's a terrible advantage in terms of the seeding because all the teams that have been banged up are now healthy, including the Golden Knights. Um, teams that had bad records overall, but maybe we're trending positively. New York Rangers, for example, in the Eastern Conference had a great push. Maybe they're a more dangerous team because they've got hot goaltending. Any team, really, can find itself a hot goalie and go a long way. So in terms of the seeds, I'm not sure that that's a huge deal, but from a home ice standpoint, the one advantage for the home team, the higher seed, would be the benefit of last change. Golden Knights head coach Pete DeBoer likes to match his lines. He sees this matchup, he wants to put this pair on, he wants to put this line out, which is something we had not seen too much with Gerard Galan as the head coach. So the fact that if the Golden Knights can get home ice advantage, 
that means more to Pete DeBoer than it might have meant to Gerard Gallant in previous Golden Knights postseasons. He is Dan Duva, voice of the Vegas Golden Knights on the Vegas Golden Knights radio network, which starts right here at the flagship Fox Sports Radio. Dan, we appreciate you, and the big question everyone's going to have as the playoffs start is, man, it's going to be really strange how short of an offseason these guys get after, especially the guys that make it all the way into the finals. Those two teams, they're going to have like a two-week vacation, they'll be back on the ice again for next season in order to keep the ebb and flow going of the game and the sport, but we're going to see that pretty much in every sport, maybe other than the National Football League. Dan, really appreciate you joining the show, my friend, and I'm sure we'll talk soon. Please take care and be safe out there. Thanks, Brian. Best to you and your family. Absolutely. Uh, Dan Duva, again, voice of the Vegas Golden Knights. Caleb, let's get, jump right into S&B with C. That is the silver and black with Caleb Herring. And I know today we're talking a guy that I don't think is the future of the, of the <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders, Derek Carr. Yeah, so Derek Carr, of course, uh, came out and I think the quarterback in the league that got it right so far. Aaron Rodgers has been on the right side of it. But Derek Carr coming out and making a, a public statement about um, his stances on inequality and, and his fight, I guess, to be more vocal um, it's been known throughout his career that he's not he's been the good old boy quarterback just stay silent do your job always the politically correct answer but I think he's finally made a statement um, basically coming out in support of his teammates and of the country making change for the better um, so that's obviously a, a win for Derek Carr it's good to know that the quarterback coming to this town is on the right side the of biggest things. win he's ever yeah. gonna get <laughs> yes, anyways uh, we hope not we hope not <laughs> we hope some playoff wins are coming but um, then also just on a football note Lynn Bowden Jr. one of the the draft picks of the Raiders this year um, it hasn't been really figured out what his position will be and a lot of people have been trying to poke and prod and figure out what he's going to do because he's like a Swiss army sure. knife on offense. But some encouraging signs, um, I guess they've been talking with him and, and trying to understand the playbook. He's been grasping the offense from five different positions. So he's looking to be sort of that same Swiss army knife for the Raiders, um, kind of reminiscent of like a Percy Harvin um, where he does a little bit of everything and affects the game like a wild card uh, or in fantasy football, would you call it a, what, what is it called? Uh, I don't know. The, somebody from fantasy football that does that. What, a flex position. A, a flex, flex guy. Yeah, there flex we go. I, it came to me. Thank you, Mag. But <laughs> but those, those, that kind of thing. So that's exciting for the Raiders, using and maximizing the talent that they drafted. Of course, now with the, the weapons that the offense has, it's going to be a little bit but harder for their, Derek You heard about their number excuses. one pick, right? Impaling himself, helping a friend move? Yeah, it's it's... Oh, God almighty. I mean, it's just a bad start. If you're a Raider fan, it's just like, here we go. They take a small receiver because of his speed, and they pass up on guys like Lamb and Judy to take the little fella because he runs so fast, and then he impales what makes him run so fast. You want to help your friend? You just got a big payday. Pay for his move. Seriously. (laughs) Right, right, Chris. Why don't you get a damn moving company out there? Nobody likes helping their friends move anyway. Why are we paying attention? What do you guys think? Because I don't want to run out of time before I ask you. What do you think about the Walt Disney venue in Orlando? Orlando of um, the uh, the NBA doing it in Orlando and trying to make the venue out there for the NBA and having all the games played there. I thought I thought it was inevitable that yeah. Orlando was going to be the place. It made sense because of the fact that it's, it's already the set up and yeah. wide yeah. world of sports. <laughs> Who owns the rights to I the NBA? I heard it was because of and, Chris Paul. And That's Orlando, what, Chris Paul is the reason Orlando I heard it's in is, Disney Orlando world. is the best city as far as being set up for mass tourism. Uh, they're set up structurally with Disney World and Universal and all sure. those things already there 
to kind of have venues set up for large gatherings and conventions and all that kind of stuff. It's just the best place to do it. I I think that it makes perfect sense. The the players will love being down there if they've got to be in one place. Plus, Florida's already been open. They say the virus doesn't like heat. I mean, you're talking about heat and humidity extraordinaire right now in southern Florida. So it makes sense, and I think it's a good venue. And and, uh, Major League Baseball, I want your opinions. Did they play this year or not, Chris? No, no. No. Caleb, no, they I'm don't. right there with you. What about uh, do you do you believe that the N- the NFL by the time we get to the NFL we're going to have fans in the stadium? Yes or no? Yeah, yes, I think I, I, I think do. so, and I think uh, you know. Uh, an adverse effect of these protests will show that hey, large groups can gather if there's no connection between. Do you a spike think that the stadium is set up for social distancing? They no, spread- but I think they will. They will limit you the can, number of fans. Yeah, and you, you can limit it, and you can set up sanitation stations and do uh, uh, you know require masks but if you upon do entry. Every other can, seat that cuts the stadium, vo- the volume. I don't, of I don't people think they even do half. every other seat. They don't even do every other seat. I think they do seating based on groups that you came with. So like groups of families or you know, friends that came together will sit together and, and try to do it that way. I, but what do you think? What do you think? Happens? What do you think you get beat up if you start coughing in the state in a no, stadium? No, that's the thing. You can't police <laughs> maybe, maybe this. Here. So this is this is the thing. You can't police this. Like graduations, they had like drive up graduations at some schools in Las Vegas where you were supposed to just drive up and park and stay in your car and just hear your graduate's name announced. And they said stay in your car. You can't police somebody staying in their car. No, I don't care what you say. Like if somebody decides to get out of their car and go hug their graduate or whatever. They're going to do it. If somebody in the stands decides to not obey the laws or rules, or you can't say laws, the rules of social distancing, you cannot enforce that on a wide well, you scale. You can't kick that's, them that's out. Insane. You, you know, can't kick them out. If if you got a police force just roaming around looking for it, but who who's going to do it? The ushers? I agree. Like, the ushers aren't going to, with the white gloves, going to ask, ma'am, no. please. I'm going clo- to close on this statement here. <laughs> uh, my children asked me recently, will things, dad, will things get back to normal? And here's what I said. Are we going to disappear as a country, as a race? No. But normal is going to be different. So, yes, things will get back to normal. It's just what will normal be. Listen, I want to thank you all for joining. This is Out of Line. We're here every Sunday morning, 8 to 9, same place. Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. I want to thank Dang Duva, co-host Caleb Herring, Chris Magnum Chapman, and, of course, the Wiz. I'm Brian Feldman. Same time. (laughs) Same time next week. We'll see you. Bye-bye.